Hey, I'm Brandon. And I'm Hannah, and we're the pastors at New Community Church. Yeah, and it's our hope that this message inspires you to take your next steps in your faith journey with Jesus. Thanks for joining us today, and enjoy the message. Hey, can you put your hands together and just celebrate Jesus one more time in this space? Come on. He is a good God. And um, man, I tell you, as we were just singing that, I really felt like the Lord uh, just wanted to remind us in that space, man, he can meet with us there. And we're excited because that's what we're hoping happens today. So you have that kind of encounter. And just no matter what you're facing, no matter what is going on in your world, you can really say, God, you are good right here in this space. Amen. Isn't mm -hmm. that a good word? Hey, if you don't know me, I am uh, Branna and this is Handon. And I'm Handon. And, um, no, we are Brandon I, and Hannah. And we really did. When we were uh, having our kids, we always joked and said their yeah, names we were, were going to be Handon and Branna. That's so right. So I think was, that was just was confirmation that number four and number five are on its way. So I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Um, you're looking at number four right here. Uh, we have three kids and a new church. Um, but hey, <laughs> we are uh, pastors here at New Community, but also just part of the team. And uh, it's amazing. We have been here almost 11 months, y'all. And yeah. so can we put our hands together and celebrate God? Because, man, that takes the Lord for that kind of faithfulness. And um, just so excited for this season. If it's your first Sunday with us, hey, we want to welcome you. And uh, hopefully uh, you just really, more than anything, you just sense the presence of God today and that you're encouraged just to know that you're not alone. And that's what we hope more than anything. Mm -hmm. Not just uh, alone because God's with you, but if you're looking for a new community to um, just have some people walk with you and and uh, just believe in who you are and who God's made you to be. And that's, that's why we exist, is so we can walk alongside you and help you experience everything you were made for. And uh, if you are new, when you came in, you should have received uh, uh, either a handout, we call it our worship guide, or that you, could, uh, you were given the opportunity to access that digitally through the QR code. And you can still do that now if you pull that up, but that just gives you the chance, if you read through that, um, just to know a little bit more about us and who we are. It's probably the easiest way to just connect us and kind of understand how to take that step. Uh, but the other thing that you received was a white connection card. And that connection card is our easiest way to connect to you. And so we know it's a big ask uh, for you to um, take some time and to fill that out and share some information. But we do respect you, and we want to respect your information if you share it with us. Uh, we call it our hassle-free guarantee. We will not stop by this afternoon. We will not call you tomorrow. We just want to send you a letter or send you an email and say thanks for coming. Honestly, thanks for sharing your Sunday with us. And if you are looking for that new community, we wanted to just let you know, hey, here's your next best step to be able to find that here with us. And so uh, please take some time today to do that. And for our whole church family, we are in a season of 15 days of prayer. And you'll see on that connection card that there's a space where you can share how we can be praying for you. And so we, we mean it. And we, we kind of beg you today, let us know how we can partner with you. We have a team that prays over those cards every single week. And so you can do that. You can uh, fill that out on uh, digitally if you want to do that. But just continue to share those with us so we can celebrate what God's doing in your life and so that we can, you know, just continue to champion that as well. Hey, uh, we have some exciting news before we get to the message, and that is that this afternoon. Two. Thank you. Um, today, we are actually uh, sharing uh, uh, what we call Growth Track. And Growth Track is, is the best way, really, to connect to new community. Uh, it's we used to be a three-week uh, kind of course that we would take you on on Sundays. It happens at 11.15 right after this service and one of our auditoriums off to the side. Um, and so uh, it, it, what we did, though, is we shrunk that down to two weeks. 
So that really, if you just give us two Sundays, we'd love to tell you the story of new community, tell you how you can be a part. And really, we want to walk alongside you and use those two weeks to kind of understand who you are and how we can best serve God's vision for your life. And so we just invite you, if you want to be a part of what God's building here at New Community, that's your step, is uh, take that those two weeks. And this week is week one. Right. Well, you will hear how God spoke to us to start this church. You know, God spoke to Moses through a burning bush, but he spoke to us through a forest fire. And if you want to hear that story, you want to jump into growth track and be a part of that. Also, just as Brandon was saying earlier, we are in our 15 days of prayer. And uh, the heart behind this time is just for us to be intentional and reconnect with God, um, just spend time in prayer. And so we have moments for us to do this corporately together. And so we have this ev uh, Zoom prayer at 8 a.m. every yeah. Uh, every day, Monday through Friday, uh, you pray by yourself on Saturday and pray <laughs> with us on Sunday. How about that? But um, so Monday through Friday, we have Zoom prayer. And um, I just encourage you to just jump on. The link is on our website, and it's a great way for us to all connect together. And um, we also have these prayer guides yeah. um, for you. We have prayer guides for our kids. And so if you don't have one of these yet, I encourage you to pick one up on your way out today uh, and take it home with you. It's, a, it's an excellent resource to help you in your prayer time. Yeah, and that's really, um, we focus on prayer two times a year. Um, but the reason why we feel so called to do that is really because we feel like our number one priority is to help you grow closer to God. And prayer is how you connect there. And, and so what we're doing over these 15 days is we're taking some time this August to kind of refocus our relationships back on God and on connecting with him. And the sermons we're sharing and the teachings we're giving are really kind of, we want to provide some practical tools and some practical resources so that you can really dive in and, and grow a deeper and a fuller prayer life. And uh, I think that's so important, and uh, we really believe it's important for all of you guys. And I don't know, maybe you're like me in this, but uh, honestly, when I hear about 15 days of prayer, there is a little shudder of intimidation that runs through my bones. I mean, 15 minutes of prayer is hard enough, much less 15 days. Anyone else with me on that? Anyway, it's okay to admit that if you are. Um, and there's definitely been seasons in my life where, you know, I, I would say this, there's parts of just a following Jesus and a life of following Jesus that kind of come natural to me. And there are other parts that don't. And prayer has been one of those things. I've just never been the guy to stay up all night praying. I, I just, that's never been me. And maybe that's you. And if that's you, you're speaking next week. But um, for the rest of us, <laughs> we're trying to figure out how to, how do we build this thing? How do we really do it? And, and I know there's, sorry, we've got to make a stage switch yeah, for, yeah, for her sake. Ooh, I know that was rough. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, you, you're used to one side and it's just tough. Um, hey, so I know there's been times in my prayer life, I, I would say this, I've really kind of, I haven't put much shape or structure to my time with, with God when I'm praying. And what happens to a formless um, kind of prayer time is it becomes void of life. Anybody with me on that? Like, it's just kind of formless. I don't know what to say. I don't know where to go. And it just, it just kind of lands flat. And, and I find myself often, um, and, and I, I would say this again, prayer is something I've got to work at. There are just seasons of my life where it just comes. I'll tell you, in July, there was a season I was even reading my Bible every morning, but just my prayer time was just kind of falling void and flat. But you know, the good news is that God can come to something that is formless and void, man, he can breathe fresh life into that. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? And that, I, I just believe that's kind of the picture 
that God gave us for what this morning is. We're hoping to kind of speak this word and, and provide you with a practical teaching to help breathe some life into your prayer relationship with God and really kind of breathe some fresh air into it. And so that's what I'm hoping we show you. I want to begin with a passage actually in, um, it's Ephesians chapter 6 that speaks to this. And uh, this, this passage, I might not have put it in the slide, so apologize, but here's what it says. Paul writes to a brand new church and he says, you can pray in the spirit in every situation. And you know, the cool thing about that is that means you do not have to just pray for hour long blocks at a time. Mm -hmm. Like anything can be, you can invite prayer into every moment, every situation. So you can pray in the car. You can pray in the shower. I think our son does that or <laughs> he makes a lot of noise. I, you, you, can, you can pray. I pray when I mow. Is that weird? But honestly, some of my favorite prayer times have been when I mow in the grass. Um, you can just pray in any time. We, we talk a lot about it here that we want to be a pray first community that just what, what, no matter what the situation is, we're going to turn to prayer as our first response, not our last resort. And so before we send that text, we're going to pray first. Before we send that email, we're going to pray first. Before we go to school, before we go to work, before we, we get going with our day, we're going to pray first. But before we're going to talk to our kids about who you toothpaste, toothpaste, it's a tough word, to write not just on the bathroom mirror, but on the door, <laughs> like you had to turn around. I mean, did you have to do it here and there and everywhere? Um, yeah, just pray first before you have that conversation. And so we can just pray in the spirit in every situation. That's right. And so we can also pray. Uh, we can use every kind of prayer. Yeah. And something that I love in scripture is you see different kinds and different patterns of prayer. And uh, we we can uh, use these just as tools to help guide our prayer time with the Lord and really help us to connect with him. And something I want us to lean into is that uh, these aren't necessarily a formula of how to pray. They're just a tool. And Brandon and I like to use, uh, we're going to teach you a, a, a certain way to pray, uh, a different um, a pattern of prayer today. And we, something we love is just how easy and simple it is to connect with God and to connect with his presence. And so today we're going to walk you through that and show you what it can look like and um, really what we hope today is that it just it gets put in your heart. You know, Brain and I, if you see us going for a walk in our neighborhood, you can guarantee that we are going through this prayer. This is a prayer we do all the time while we are on our walks. And yeah. so once you once you know it, it's so simple to have in your heart and it's a great tool to have to connect with God in your prayer time. Yeah. Would that be helpful? Yeah? Come on. If that's good, say bueno. Come on. I know it just sometimes it helps. Put a little shape, put a little form and let God breathe some fresh life into our prayer time. And so uh, that's what we want to talk to you about. Hannah said it's a pattern, you know, different kinds, different variations, different patterns of prayer. And we're going to look at one today. It's called, we call it the tabernacle prayer. And in fact, if you have this prayer booklet with you, or if you pulled it up digitally, you can do that at thenewcommunity.church slash prayer. Um, but if you pull this up and you can actually open up to page 14 and you'll find this prayer. And we're going to walk through this with you. And you might want to open it up. If you've got a pen, just take some notes. And actually, tomorrow morning for our Zoom prayer time at 8, we're going to walk through this prayer uh, collectively together. And so you can be a part of that. But this, this prayer really comes from a story in the Old Testament. And so let me just kind of 
put a little backdrop. Um, in the Old Testament, in, in ancient times, before Jesus, uh, in the Old Testament or the first half of the Bible, what we see is that God often, uh, the people of God would often build spaces for God to meet, to, for them to meet with God. And there was a season in their life where they had a temple in Jerusalem, and that would be kind of where everyone went for all the festivals, where the priests would kind of do their thing. They would all be at the temple of God, and that's where you went to meet with him. But before there was a temple in Jerusalem, there was a, a tent in the desert. And that really comes from the story of Moses. Moses was the leader, if you're familiar with the story, of, of Israel when they were enslaved in Egypt. And God used Moses to, live, to lead millions of people out of their slavery and, and into kind of the next season of God's promise for them. And while they're on this journey, they were in the desert. It was a long journey. And God said, I want you to build a portable church <laughs> in a regal theater. <laughs> kind of. Now, he said, hey, I want you to build a tent. And I want you, in fact, let me show you this. It's Exodus 25. This is what God says to Moses. He says, I want you to have the people build me a holy sanctuary tent so I can live among them. Now, the crazy thing is, you know, in those times, that's what they did, is that they would build this, this space for them to go in and meet with God. But, you know, the truth is that because of Jesus, Man, we no longer have to just go to a building to meet with God. Let me say it this way. Because of Jesus, this is not the house of God. You are the house of God. See, in these days with Moses, God wrote his law on tablets, and he lived in dwelling places or tents or houses. But today, because of Jesus, he writes his law on our hearts, and he lives inside of you and me. That's the invitation that we have with Jesus. Hey, let me just come in and live with you each and every moment. And so we look at this and we see that this very thing that God wanted to do with the people of Israel because of Jesus, we get to experience that same thing. Let me show you a little bit. It, it continues on. God says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to build this portable church and its furnishings. I want you to build this tent exactly according to the pattern I will show you. So each of these, you're going to see them. There's six different pieces of furniture. There was details. I mean, it's elaborate. If you've ever read through this, it's, it's, it's tough. Um, <laughs> it's just kind of boring. I mean, there's just a lot of details to the length of everything and the color of everything and the, what it's got to be made out of, and it's very specific. But Jesus, I mean, God was so specific with Moses that he sticked to this pattern because it was how the people were going to enter into God's presence. And you might be thinking, like, okay, but you just told us because of Jesus, like, we don't, we don't need all this stuff. And you're right. Be the law is fully fulfilled in Jesus. But because of him, we still get to experience the fullness of what God intended mm -hmm. in this pattern. Does that help you? So we don't have to follow these rules. Let me say it that way. You don't have to follow these rules to meet with God. But you can still experience an intimacy with God, the fulfillment of what God intended through this. You can experience just with Jesus. Man, that's good. Come on, say that's good. Oh, I like that. I know. So listen, in fact, here's what the fulfillment looks like. It's, it's all the way at the end of this story after they build this tent. And listen to what happens with Moses, what he experiences. It says that inside this tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. And I want you to stare at those words. 
Because that face-to-face experience, man, that is what we want for you. It is so like, man, if we could just get that into your heart. I believe that if you knew that when you went to pray, you could meet with God face-to-face, that you could hear his voice and he could hear yours. Man, I think if you went into prayer knowing that, you'd pray more. Yeah? And that's what can happen. And so we want to show you this pattern. We want to walk you through this. And our hope is that at the end of this, and you can kind of build a simple rhythm, put some structure, and breathe some fresh life into your prayer time so that you can meet with God in this way. Good? Man, I, I, I take the silence as just like this holy reverence. In the room. <laughs> it's good. Okay. It's good. Hey, so Hannah, why don't you take us to that first piece of, in fact, let's just show them a picture. Can we do that? This is a picture of that tent and uh, what it looked like. I mean, that's an exact replica right there. That's legit. <laughs> um, and Hannah's going to lead us through that first kind of piece of furniture, that first step in the pattern. Yeah, so when uh, you would walk into, um, into, when you're walking into the outer courts, that's what it's called, uh, they would, as they walked through the gate, the people had one thing on, mind, in their, on their mind, and that was to give thanks to God. And um, that's your number one, is give thanks to God. And before we come to God with our, with our wants and our needs, let's come before him and give him thanks. Yeah. Um, something that, um, sorry. Sorry. We just yeah. had to settle everything. Yeah. Anyway, so we want to give thanks to God. And uh, part, of, part of this is when we, we just want to pause and say thank you. You know, gratitude is one of the healthiest emotions that we can have. And in our family, we say gratitude is an attitude. And um, when we are verbally declaring our, our thanks to God, we're yeah. saying, God, what you've done is enough. God, if you don't do anything else, what you've already done for me, you saved me, that was enough. You know, sometimes we're so quick to see our lack. We're so quick to, to see that my relationship with my sister is still broken. And my, my mental struggles are still real. And my marriage is still, is still struggling. But when we choose gratitude, it's like putting spiritual blinders on. And it doesn't mean that everything else is missing beside us. It, they're still there. But putting our blinders on means that we're going to be focusing on the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God. And so that's what gratitude is choosing. It's just choosing to focus on the faithfulness of God and the goodness of God. I love how the psalmist says it. He says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. This is what the psalmist is talking about. He's talking about walking into into the outer courts and giving thanks to God. And so when we start our prayer time with the Lord, let's enter in with thanksgiving. And let's find something new to thank God for every single day. That's great. So they'd walk in through the intercourts, and the next thing they would encounter is this massive, they called it the brazen altar. And uh, this altar, go ahead and show them a picture of that. Um, This was, uh, it's kind of a, uh, excuse me for saying it, but this always had dead animals burning on it. (laughs) And there was blood on the ground. There was blood on the corners. Every time, in fact, every time that you uh, wanted to go into God's presence, you had to walk past this. And it was kind of this reminder that something had to die in order for you to really go into the presence of God. And for us, you know, we don't do that. Thank God. 
I don't think the theater would be okay with that. Um, <laughs> but for us, what is it? Man, this is the reminder. And our time when we come in prayer, after we give thanks, we need to pause and make sure that we walk by the cross and remember what Jesus really sacrificed mm -hmm. on the cross. And that's really your step two, is focusing on the cross when you pray. So we've given thanks, and now we just come to that cross. And it, I, I don't know. I was saved um, it, you know, at a very early age. My mom always, I mean, she went to church all my life, always took me. I, and so I, I feel like I've, I've had an experience where salvation is just, it's just kind of, it's there. And I can rush past this step. This is probably the step I'll rush past the quickest. Uh, I mean, I was saved before, uh, the last time, let's see, I was saved, uh, uh, it was the, the last time that the, the Washington football team was in the Super Bowl, that's when I got saved. Y'all, that's like, <laughs> like some of Did you were, have been born since then. I mean, it's crazy. You've lived whole lives. Uh, anyway, so uh, there's, but there really, I, for some of you, maybe you're like me and just the joy of your salvation is a little lacking, Right? And you just need to be reminded, and even in prayer, to come to a space to remember what it really cost so that you could enter the holy, pure, and perfect presence of our Heavenly Father. And really, the, one of the things I'll use in this space is the prophecy of Isaiah, when he talks about the sacrifice of Jesus and really what it covered for us. And I just want to show it to you. And I want you to just, again, this is a prophecy about the Messiah, and just put Jesus into this story, put you into this story. It says, Jesus was pierced for my transgressions. That's for the things that I've done, the things that I, places I've gone, the things I've done with my hands where I just crossed the line. The, the places and the things I did where I went way too far. Jesus was pierced for those transgressions. He was crushed for my iniquities. Uh, iniquities isn't about the things I've done. Iniquity really has to do with the things in my heart. The things in my heart that are evil, the selfishness, the, the misguided motives, the, the things that are driving me, the lies that drive my life, the, the things that, um, the, the pride that's in my heart, those are my iniquities. And so he wasn't just pierced for my transgressions, but he was crushed for my iniquities. And this is the next part. He, it was the punishment that brought me peace was on him. You know, he carried the pain, all the pain in my life. He carried that so I wouldn't have to hold on to it. All my anxiety, all my uh, wrestle with insecurity, everything that I worry about, all the sense of insecurity, all the sense of, of lack of hope or lack of purpose, anything, any of the pain here, Jesus took all that. So I don't have to hold on to that. In fact, he says you can lay that at the foot of the cross and leave that there. I tell you, I think some of you walked in this morning and you were carrying all this pain with you. Even here mentally, you've been carrying pain and, and Jesus is saying, you don't have to leave here with it because I carried that, the punishment that is on you. I, I bore that so you don't have to. And finally, it was by his wounds that I am healed. Wounds have to do with what others have done to me. The pain I've received in relationship, the pain that I've received emotionally and physically, all those wounds, man, I, I can, in the wounds of Jesus, I can find my own healing for my own wounds. And so can you. And, and that's really, when we celebrate the cross, when we come to this moment in prayer, it's that moment of saying, Jesus, 
thank you. I hand you my pain today. I hand you my worry. I hand you, God, what, what was done, my bitterness at my heart, my, my unforgiveness in my heart. I can just hand that over, and I just place it at the cross. And Jesus, I trust your sacrifice was enough. Enough. Good? Good. That's that second step is really focusing on the cross. So after you walk past um, the brazen altar, then you would come to the laver, which is where you would cleanse and you would prepare yourself to come before the Lord. And the laver was just this bowl, and it was full of water, and there were, there were mirrors all inside it. And so you would literally wash and prepare yourself to walk in, and you could see yourself. Mm-hmm. You could, you could uh, see your reflection because of the mirrors. And part of that was to pause and for you to see yourself and to cleanse yourself to, to get ready to go in before the Lord. And so just in our prayer time, we just want to see ourselves. We want to ask God to come and forgive us and to cleanse us. And um, just Bree and I, literally, we start from the, from the top of our heads to the bottom of our feet. And so we're just going to kind of show you what this can look like. Yeah. You want to do this? Yeah, sure. So I, I'll start with my head. I'll say, God, I give you my mind. Lord, come wash my mind and help me uh, to see the way that you see. Forgive me for being led by my thoughts. Let me be led by your thoughts. And God, I just uh, ask you to come and wash my eyes. And um, God, help me to see those around me like you see them, not with my, pre- uh, my prejudice or my judgment. God, would you um, just wash my eyes to not see circumstances as beyond you or outside of you or too big for you. Wash my eyes to be able to see everything today in line with your truth and your word. And God, I give you my ears. Lord, forgive me for hearing things uh, on my own. Lord, tune me into your voice. Let me hear your voice and be led and guided by you today. Yeah. And God, just wash my hands. And uh, God, may the things I do today, may they not serve my own agenda, my own purpose. God, even um, as I stand here today on this stage, may it not be um, to serve myself, but Lord, would you use these hands to serve others in the name of Jesus? Would you, um, God, just the the things I'm holding on to today, the things I'm holding on to this week, um, I just open my hands and I I invite you, if you need to take them, you can take them. If there's anything you want to place in these hands, you can put them there. And Lord, I give you my feet. Lord, forgive me for running ahead and for, for doing things at my own speed. Lord, help me to Keep in step with your spirit. Help me to walk uh, the, a walk that's pleasing to you. And Lord, let me uh, be led and guided by you in Jesus' name. Yeah. And that's just how simple it can be just to cleanse from the top of your head to the, to the bottom of your feet. And this is really what Paul was leaning into when he wrote to the Romans when he says, In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Is this good? Is this helping? It's good. Just remember, if you forget, just start washing your body. I mean, just start, you know. That's right. Know, Get your whatever dove Whatever you got to do. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so we've washed, and then if you'll see in this next picture, here's what you come to. You actually come to the, the second. You remember there's a smaller tent, and in, inside this tent, it, there's four more pieces of furniture, and uh, the first one you come to is, a, is this candlestick. And uh, we actually, this is a picture of the candlestick that is in our home when you walk in our front door. Um, <laughs> not really, but my mother's got Thank one. you for laughing at me. I, I, yeah, uh, my mom's got some. Does she? Not like this, though. This is a whole nother level. Pretty much. Um, so um, 
anyways, this candlestick, and you see it. Uh, you see it when it's referred to time and time again in Scripture. You see over and over that this kind of represents illumination and revelation. It, it, it represents the fire and the power uh, and the strength of God. And for us who are in Jesus, when it comes to our prayer time and we kind of come to this space, it's really the opportunity to invite the work of the Holy Spirit into my life. In fact, Paul would tell early Christians, first-time Christians, he'd say, listen, you need to be filled with the Spirit of God every single day. Continue to be filled in that way. And I think there's kind of two spaces where that relates. Number one, it's just this idea of in the very arena that I've been in, God, you know, whether that's in, in the, the season of life I'm in, whether that's in the business I'm in or the circle of influence that I have around me, whatever that looks like. So if you're a, a, a business owner, it's like, God, help me, just fill me with your spirit that I could lead this company as you would lead this company, that I would have the same kind of uh, principles and foundations that you would. Holy Spirit, fill me. I'm not wise enough on my own. I'm not strong enough on my own. I need you. For parents, it's this space where you say, God, you're the one who's slow to anger and abounding in love, and I am not that one, (laughs) and I just need your Holy Spirit to come and fill me with that nature because it's not mine. And uh, that's where we do that. Students, it's where we do it every morning before we go to school or before we start that college class. Just, Holy Spirit, fill me for this. I I think it has to do with that kind of experience. But I also think it has to do with inviting the Holy Spirit to really stir the gifts that he's already put within us. And and you just need to hear that that there are gifts that God has put inside of you, that, that he created you long before the world was formed. He thought of you and he thought of what he could put inside you, and he thought of the generation you'd be born into, and he thought of the, the country and the, the everywhere, the region, everything, and he said, man, this gift I need to put inside of them, and the Holy Spirit can fan that theme into flame. In fact, that's what is, is what we see in Scripture, is that uh, Paul tells his protege, he says, I want to remind you to fan into flame this gifts that God has put inside of you. And Frankly, I think there's some Sundays where that's just what we're trying to do. You know, you walk in here. I, I think sometimes you've come in and there's just like there's an ember barely burning. And we just, you know, we're like fanning that thing, just trying to just trying to get that thing to light again inside of you to remind you that you have a purpose and a destiny and something that only God created you to do. No matter who you are, no matter what you believe, no matter whether you follow Jesus or not, there are gifts inside of you and your life matters. And and, and I just, for all of us, I mean, that's something that we just believe is so central to why we're here, is to fan that thing into flame. But can I invite you that you don't have to wait for Sundays for that to happen. You can do that every single day. You can invite the Holy Spirit, come and fan into flame. Tell you what, Monday mornings on our walks, that's just something. I'm tired. I'm tired for the weekend. It's like, God, fan into flame a passion to do what you call me to do. And sometimes I just need to pray that prayer. Mm-hmm. Just let those that candle just kind of fill my heart again. Good? Good, I like it. Let's go to the next one. So next you would come to the table of showbread. And um, y'all, this might be my favorite, my favorite part because it was a table full of freshly made bread. And uh, when I see this, I think of my mom. My mom might make the world's best bread. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm a bit of a bread snob because of it. And um, Absolutely. <laughs> I am. 
I only want hot and fresh right out of the oven. And anytime that we go to my parents' house and I open up that front door and I smell the bread, you better believe I'm making a beeline into the kitchen just to get my thick piece of bread. Yeah. And I shut the door so my kids don't The end piece, yeah. Yeah, the end piece. Don't take the end piece. And it's super, it's a generous piece. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, now this, this, the show bread was meant to catch your attention, and it was meant to make you think about God's word. And um, when uh, the, the, this is where we get to pick up our Bibles, and this is where we get to read God's word, because in God's word, this is where we find life. And in God's word, this is where we're revived, and this is where we're sustained. And Jesus himself said, he said, man cannot live on bread alone, but right. by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so this is this is where we're sustained and we're revived. And whenever I um when we, whenever we're going through this prayer, this is the, just a time where you can pull out your phone and you can start claiming promises of God or if this is part of your your Bible study time, this is when you can pause and you can read uh, your scripture passage for the day. And this is just where you ask God to to speak to you through his word or you can just start claiming promises of God. Yeah. Something for me personally, when I'm struggling with anxiety, I, I'm going to go to Psalms 139 because I know just claim, just reading this uh, passage it just reminds me of who God is and that he's with me in the middle. And I just want to kind of show you what that can look like. Um, I'm going to teach through it real quick or pray through it. I'll simply pray, God, you have searched me and you know me. God, you know every anxious thought, you know every fear. And God, you are not surprised. You're right here with me. God, your, my darkness is not too dark for you. And actually, Lord, you bring light to my darkness. And God, you have every single one of my days written down in your book. God, you're right here in the middle. You saw my beginning. You saw my middle. You saw my end. And you said this was good. And you are right here. You're w- with me. You're leading and guiding me. Lord, you're my shepherd and in you, I lack nothing. And so this is just when we get to claim the promises of God. And as we claim those promises, we are declaring, God, your truth and your word is greater than what I'm feeling. God, your truth and your word are greater than what others are saying. And I'm going to trust in you and let your word be what leads and guides me today. So good. Yeah, so we've given thanks. We focused on the cross We took a minute to kind of reflect in that pool and allow God to just speak to us about some things in our life, cleanse ourselves. We move to that next space where we're, um, after we do that, we we ask the Holy Spirit, come on, come and fan that thing into flame and what you've put inside of me. We focus on uh, just the bread of life and God's word. And then we come to the final piece of furniture before we get to the Ark of Covenant. That was for them, that was the seat of God. That was the face-to-face moment. And we, the, this last piece of furniture is called the altar of incense. And actually what they did is they took some coals from the very brazen altar out in the outer courts, and they brought that in, and they lit this incense. So the, the whole small tent, like it was, it just, that, that sense just took over your smell. I mean, it smelled like popcorn at a movie theater, y'all. It was that <laughs> good. It just took your breath away. And... Um, as you walk out, you'll get that experience if you hang out and do breakdown with us. But anyways, um, little plug. Um, so really, though, this is the, this whole sense of an aroma. 
And if you're familiar with scripture at all, and you've, it's so easy to see in the pattern, and anytime it talks about this sense of incense or aroma before the Lord, that always represents our worship. You know, worship is different than praise. Praise has to do with thanking God for the things he, he's done, but worship has to do with focusing just on who God is. In other words, worship can have very little, even nothing to do with me. God, if you've never done anything in my life, still, you are worthy. You're still holy. You're still pure and perfect and righteous. And there's something that God just loves, that aroma of worship that he loves. So in our prayer times, for us, it's just so important that Again, we haven't even gotten to asking God for anything. This isn't about, you know, having our prayer list so much as saying, God, before you do anything else or whether you do anything else, I just need to pause and just declare your worth. And you know, something that declares worth, one of the things that we can use is, is names. In fact, the way that we named our children, our, we have three kids, and the way that we named them is we ask God for specific names that would speak worth over all three of them. So Jody is our song of praise. Reagan is strong and crowned. And Shepherd is to be one who leads with integrity and skillful hands. And we pray those things. We speak those things over their life. And you know, there are days when their attitudes aren't quite aligning with those names. And sometimes we'll say to them this, that's not who you are. What we do is we begin to speak and remind them of their worth. Now, this is who you were called to be. And in the same way, when we allow our prayers to turn to worship and really, and it's why we begin every gathering collectively that way, that singing is one of the best ways we can unite all of our hearts and our focus all in one direction, and that's on the direction of the worth and the value of God. But there's nothing like doing that for me personally. When I come to him and I say, God, you are the good shepherd. You are Lord of lords and you are the leader of all leaders. God, you are righteous and perfect. You are peace. God, you are love. There's no other standard of love but you. Now, I worship you and I praise you. God, I, I just, I stand in awe that you can be faithful and consistent regardless of my faithfulness or inconsistency. God, that's just who you are. And I worship you for that. And I think it's having a moment like that as you enter into this holy space, the presence of God, and you could finally kind of come to this last moment in prayer. So this last moment is where you come to the altar of intercession. This is when you are face to face with God. I just want you to think about that. You're face to face with God. We had that opportunity to be face to face. You know, the Israelites, they had to have Moses to be face to face, but we get to be face to face with God. And what do you pray when you're in those moments? What do you say? You know, Moses went in to this moment so that he could intercede on behalf of the people. Yeah. 
And that's what we get to do in this moment when we're face to face with the Lord. We get to intercede on behalf of others. Yeah. And so this is when we're praying for you. This is when we're praying for your dad that has cancer. And this is when we're praying for the dreams that you're scared to, to take that step for. This is when we're praying for your kids that are not walking with the Lord. This is when we're praying for you. And this is what you get to do. Paul says in his letter to, to Timothy, he says, pray for all people. And so, Nuka, this is when we get to pray for Biden. This is when we get to pray for his advisors. This is when we get to pray for what's going on in Afghanistan yeah. and not feel hopeless because prayer isn't a last resort. Yeah. It's our first step. And this is when we get to pray for our family. And this is when we get to pray for our neighbors. This is when we get to pray for our spouse, even though we're having a, a hard time in our marriage, this is when we get to pray for them. And this is when we get to pray for those who are far from God and our hearts hurt for them. We get to pray for them. We get to pray, God, let your Holy Spirit be so present on their life, God, that they would be unable to deny your presence, God. God, I pray that just your love would overwhelm their hearts, God, those walls that they've built up. God, let those walls come down because your love invades. Y'all, Nuka, this is where we get to make a difference because we're making prayers to God and we're interceding on behalf of others. So we've gotten through these seven steps, and I'll tell you, I hope you've heard this in a way that you don't have to know anything about Moses, and, and you don't have to remember the, the, what the furniture looked like. or what. I hope that this gives you, though, a, a, a simple pattern and shape you can follow. And we've taught it to you, and we've given it to you in the book, but we're, we want to model that, if that's okay. And we want to model what it looks like to do that together. And so we've got a few minutes here at the end of this, this, the, today's kind of service that we just wanted to pray together. So I want to invite you to put yourself in a posture of prayer, whatever that looks like for you. But I just encourage you to open your heart and your mind to the Lord. And we're just going to quickly, just Hannah and I are going to lead us through this. And I'm going to invite the worship team up because when we get to that kind of step six, when we come to that moment of incense, we really want there to be this moment where we just worship God for who he is. So would you bow your heart, put your pins down, open your hands, close your eyes. Let's just focus on the Lord. Go there with him. God, we just thank you for today. Thank you for giving us Jesus so that we could meet with you. Thank you that, God, there's not a person in this room who's qualified to do this on their own. There's not a person in this room who's passed declares they can do this. It's only because of Jesus that we get to do this. Thank you that, God, there is equal footing because of what you've done and that we just get to be in this space together right here, right now in your presence. Thank you, Lord. We praise you for that. And God, we thank you that you sent your son to die on the cross for us. Jesus, thank you for walking up that hill, for choosing to go through hard things so that I can be with you. Thank you that you... You bore all of our, our sin and all of our shame so that we all could have life in you. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. And God, I just right now just invite you to search my heart. God, would you look through my thoughts and God, just begin to align every thought and make it captive to the truth and the grace of Jesus. 
God, I pray that you would wash what my eyes, what I've seen, my ears. God, I confess just things in my heart that I've carried that aren't supposed to be there. God, would you forgive me? God, would you forgive the iniquity? God, would you wash my hands and, and just empty them, Lord? Wash the dirt off them, but make them open and available to you. God, wash my feet, God, and just cleanse me so that I can go, truly go to every relationship and to every moment and to the restaurant I'm about to walk into, that I can go in there focused on the gospel and not on anything else. Wash me, Lord. And Lord, I just pray right now that your Holy Spirit would come and fill each of us in a fresh and a new way. God, in the same way that your Spirit filled us when we gave our life to you, Lord, would you just uh, fan into flame your Spirit within each one of us today, God, that we would know that we are living empowered by you, on mission by you, in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Thank you for that Holy Spirit. And God, we just thank you for the promise of your word. The promise it says in Hebrews that because of Jesus, we can approach your throne of grace with boldness and with confidence. And so, Lord, I just speak that promise over every person here, every person who's feeling any sense of insecurity, any sense of doubt, any sense that they're unworthy. God, God, none of us are worthy, but because of Jesus, God, we're washed and we're cleansed and we can come in confidence. And so, Lord, we just stand on that promise, and we come to you on the promise of your word and the truth that you mean what you say and you do what you do. So we stand there in Jesus' name. God, we just worship you. We worship you. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey with Jesus. Yeah, and we'd love to connect with you further. And the best way to do that is at our website, thenewcommunity.church, where you can connect to our small groups, find other resources, and even give to the work God's doing through New Community.